0: Unveiling the secrets A-list copywriters use to make themselves and their clients millions. This is the Copywriters Podcast with your host, the world's greatest copywriting coach, David Garfinkel. Welcome back to the Copywriters Podcast with your host, the world's greatest copywriting coach, David Garfinkel. David, how are you doing today?
1: Nathan, I'm good. How are you?
0: I'm good. I spent the day out on a boat yesterday. So, for the people viewing, my skin is almost as red as your shirt and your pinky in the brain hat are today.
1: Yes, it's a, oh, I know. It's a red letter day.
0: (laughs) There you go. Oh, okay. Uh, That was almost as good as some of the jokes that we start the show off that the listeners never get to hear every single week. We've got like a pre-show ritual that the guests know about, but let's not divulge any of those secrets on
1: air. I mean, let's face it. There are definitely some advantages to being a guest on Copywriters Podcast. (laughs)
0: Absolutely. So this week, though, we don't have a guest. We're going back to one of my favorite series of the Copywriters Podcast, and I'm going to just tease it and hand it over to you.
1: Thanks. Yeah. After a long pause, we are back with our popular Old Masters series. And today we take a deep dive into the important work, an important part of the work, I should say, of Clyde Bedell. Now, he's not all that well-known these days, but decades ago, he was one of the top guys you would turn to if you wanted to learn how to write copy that works. Besides being a highly successful advertiser, copywriter, he was a prominent teacher. For example, he built a national sales training program for Ford Motor Company in the 1930s. And when he was teaching copywriting at Northwestern University, he couldn't find a suitable textbook, so he wrote one. And that turned into how to write advertising that sells. It was first published in 1940, 13 years before I was born. And the book is eight and a half by 11 and a massive 539 pages. It's pretty hard to find a copy these days I found one on Amazon for $736. Lucky for me, I got my copy years ago when it was easier to get and not quite as expensive. We're gonna zero in today on one chapter, which I would call the seven keys to believability. Now, the word for believability that Bedell used was conviction. It's the same idea. You wanna get your prospect convinced. what you're selling is valuable and worth buying just by the way you write about it in your ads and by the way i'm certain you already know how valuable this next little section of the podcast is copy is powerful you're responsible for how you use what you hear on this podcast and most of the time common sense is all you need but if you make extreme claims and if you're writing copy for offers In highly regulated industries like health, finance, and business opportunity, you may want to get a legal review after you write and before you start using your copy. My larger clients do this all the time. As we go through these seven keys, you may be reminded things that you're not doing as well as you could or even things that you knew about but you're not doing at all. What we're covering today, though, is a little different in that we're looking at elements of copy through the lens of believability, which is all important, a focus on believability. Copywriters and entrepreneurs intuitively know this is important, but I've never really seen a checklist based system for maximizing believability. This is that system. So <coughs> what I'll do is I'll give you the seven keys and we'll go through them one by one and then we can recap them. The seven keys for believability, we'll cover are, one, present the main idea three times. Two, tell of the product's popularity, who uses it and likes it. Three, zero in with bona fide testimonials and authorities' approval. Four, give assurances and proof, build confidence. Five, guarantee if you can. Six, make your offer vitally valid, be congruous seven, convey the value definitely. I'm sorry, definitively, positively. So the language is a little old-fashioned. I'll translate it into 2022 ease. but let's start with his language and and then we'll make it understandable. His first key is present the main idea three times. This is an idea as old as the hills. Padel mentions in ancient Rome, Cato repeated the same phrase at the end of many speeches he gave to the Roman Senate. Over and over again, the same phrase. When you translate that phrase into English, it was, Carthage must be destroyed. And wouldn't you know it? After that, Carthage was destroyed. Bidel also says, the wider your market, the more you need repetition. So in a mass market promotion for a compute, consumer product, you should use a lot of repetition of the name of your product and the key selling idea. Bedell points out many copywriters are too shy to use repetition enough in their copy for the copy to be really effective. He didn't guess as to why, but I will. I'm going to suppose that a lot of copywriters are afraid of seeming not sophisticated enough, coming across as uncool, maybe stupid. Okay. But how do you feel when your copy doesn't get results? Not very cool either. I would say that conviction gets primarily created in the unconscious mind, since belief is a feeling, not a logical conclusion. And the unconscious mind learns by repetition. So you want to be artful when you do it, but you definitely want to do it. Nathan, what do you, how do you feel about repetition?
0: I remember when I was a kid, the commercials for the monster truck events that would be at the stadium and they'd always start out with Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. And I might not remember what was happening on Sunday, but I definitely remember that it was happening on Sunday.
1: Right. <laughs> Great example. I I remember those too. Okay. The second key is tell of the product's popularity, who uses it and who likes it. Now, We copywriters, we're, you know, like herding cats, we're often very individualistic people, and many of us have no desire to be like everybody else. But it's a mistake to assume that people in your market are the same way because they're not. Okay, think of people getting in line at midnight so they can get the first new iPhone before anybody else. Those people may believe that they're unique and individualistic, but in reality, They're making a supreme effort to be one of the crowd, to ride a fashion wave, before everyone else does exactly the same thing. Now, I've seen some self-styled philosophers on social media say that the one goal that guarantees unhappiness in life is to strive to be normal. Maybe so. But Bedell points out that a lot of people take comfort in what he calls the confirmation of the crowd. And when you think about it, what is an Oscar, a Grammy or a Pulitzer Prize or any other high level confirmation of the crowd? People worship these awards, but all they are is a stamp of approval from the crowd in a particular industry. So you can use this principle in your copy very effectively to deepen conviction. If thousands of people do something, use something or prefer something, and you promote the fact that they do, then thousands more will likely want to do the same thing. And your product's popularity can help convince others to want it and to buy it. Social media influencers, they're kind of a bridge between this key and the next one, which we're going to talk about, testimonials. But do you have any thoughts before we do that about popularity?
0: Yeah, I just remember an episode of this, of South Park, where there was a counterculture goth kids in the little town of South Park. And it was a bunch of little kids who were being contrarian or nonconformists by all dressing and acting the same way. And one of the kids was not in with them very well and was trying to be one of them. And they're like, well, you have to buy all of your clothes at Hot Topic. You can't be counterculture. You can't be an individual unless you shop at the same place that we do and buy the same kind of clothes that we do. So even the people who are like, I'm going to be an individual tend to also fall for the uh, I'm going to buy this based off of the popularity, at least amongst my peer group in this little niche group.
1: That's a perfect example and well worth remembering. Anytime you kind of doubt that people don't want to look alike and dress the same. Okay. Oops. Sorry about that. Okay. third key give bona fide testimonials and authorities approval. Okay. What testimonials are in this system is a case of zeroing in on a product's overall popularity to the approving comment of one single person. Now, Testimonials can hurt or help your copy. Let's talk about how to avoid the testimonials that will hurt you and seek out the ones that will help you. We begin with a blunt opinion from Clyde Bedell. All advertising should be honest. I agree with it. There's a moral reason for sure. But even whether or not you care about the moral reason, you should know there's also a practical reason. And that is this if a testimonial doesn't ring true, it will create distrust instead of conviction, and it will work against the sale. So what's honesty in testimonials? According to Bedell, it has two parts to it. First, what the person quoted says needs to seem possible, plausible. That is the claims they make need to come across as believable. The second part of honesty in testimonials has to do with voice or tone the testimonial really needs to sound like something someone would say you need to make sure it comes across as real another thing to keep in mind for legal reasons is a real person needs to have said it and you would be wise to get written permission from that person to use that testimonial in your copy now it's okay to edit what they said for impact and clarity, but again, written permission or even just an email back from the person with, okay, is a good idea. With that in mind, there are a couple of types of testimonials Bidell recommends. One, user testimonials. These should be from people in your target market that your target market itself can identify with, people like people in your market. And number two, expert testimonials from a doctor for a healthcare supplement from a famous entrepreneur for a product designed for entrepreneurs from a single mom for a product for single moms but maybe a single mom who's also an author on that subject people make a lot of mistakes with testimonials and the ideas in this section should help fix a lot of those mistakes anthony do you have any favorite ways for making sure that your testimonials come across as real
0: I know that now, especially we have more technology at our disposal, having photos of the person making the testimonial on your sales page does wonders having their full name instead of just Jeff S also works. And then one thing that I've been utilizing lately is video testimonials. If you can actually get the person to talk into their camera and hit the one or two points that you want them to hit those go an amazing distance as far as increasing the believability of a sales message.
1: Yeah, that's interesting about video testimonials. I agree with you. It used to be almost impossible. Then it was hard. But these days where everyone can make a full-length feature movie on their phone, everyone's using video and it's a lot easier to get people to do it. Some people are too shy to do it though, but it's definitely worth getting, if you can get it. Hey, let me ask you something. How would you like a complete copywriting course packed into a $10 Kindle book? Yeah? Then let me invite you to try Breakthrough Copywriting. It's only $10 and it's available now on Amazon as a Kindle. Breakthrough Copywriting was originally a $5,000 live seminar I held in Las Vegas. People flew in from all over the world to attend Breakthrough Copywriting. This Kindle book by the same name is a complete version of my four presentations at the seminar. If you would like to dig into copywriting basics or refresh the knowledge you already have, then you'll really like Breakthrough Copywriting. A-listers like John Carlton, Joe Sugarman, and Bob Bly give this book an A+, and you can read the reviews right on the Amazon site. This episode of the Copywriters Podcast is sponsored by Breakthrough Copywriting. Check this book out at Amazon.com today. And now back to the copywriter's podcast program already in progress. All right. So the fourth key is give assurances and proof, build confidence. But says the purpose of assurances and proof is to ease the prospect's worries and to build confidence. Now notice this does not have anything to do with proving that you are right. Proving that you are right is intellectually satisfying for the advertiser, for the copywriter, but it probably won't do much for the prospect other than demonstrating you are not necessarily a liar. On the other hand, easing a prospect's worries and building confidence in your prospect is emotional, not intellectual. We're not talking about your satisfaction and showing the world you're right. We're talking about the feeling you create in your prospect. Pay attention to that. Your prospects' emotions are actually more important than your ego when it comes to building conviction and creating sales. So what kind of assurances and proofs should you provide? Bedell says track record, experience, and reputation count for a lot. Not just that you've been in business for a long time, although that certainly counts. Here's what counts more as one example. If you've got a lot of five-star reviews from your customer, that's a reputation factor that makes a big difference to a prospect reading your copy. Same thing with an industry award for your quality or customer service. Mentioning that in your copy can help a lot here. Ingredients, workmanship, and design. Especially if you've got a physical product. If you go the extra mile to get the best ingredients or components, tell your prospect what your standards are and how you can meet them. But this can work with a digital product, too. As an example, for me as a customer, I recently spent a tidy sum on a virtual chamber orchestra for my music composing. Now, here's what the copy on the web said. We handpicked 16 of the finest string players to perform an encyclopedia of articulations and techniques, expertly recorded in the world-famous hall at Air Studios London. Air Studios was designed by George Martin, who's the arranger and the producer for the Beatles, and on countless other things for decades. So that sentence from the copy, Air Studios plus 16 of the finest string players in a world music center, London, was a great way to provide assurance and prove and build conviction. The product lives up to its promises, by the way. Maybe you'll hear some of those strings on one of my promo videos in the future for this podcast. So to wrap up this point about ingredients, workmanship, and design, if you've got specially trained people building or formulating your products, say so. Popularity, especially among people in the know. So I bought the Chamber Strings product because a YouTube composition teacher I know spoke highly of it and explained it exactly that way. He did it in a class, not an ad, and actually that worked better. But let's say you have software that a lot of well-known people in the industry use and are willing to be mentioned in your ads, tell your prospects who they are and why they prefer your product. Here's another familiar example. Apple has scored big time with this strategy in just about every feature film where a character is using a computer. It's almost always a MacBook pro. How's that for popularity and product placement? Remember, people don't want to make a mistake when they buy something. So give them some solid, reassuring reasons why your product is a good choice. Nathan, do you have any thoughts about the emotional side of proof?
0: Yeah, for me, assurance and proof, one of the easiest ways to nail that one is just to give a demonstration. If I've got a funnel software and I want to say, hey, my funnel software is better than Funnel Software X, I could just show, here's how quick our page loads are compared to their page loads. Or I think of using the knife to saw through the canned food and then take it over the tomato and it slices right through the tomato or using the vacuum to pick up a bowling ball. Just a quick demonstration goes miles as far as giving proof and assurance. So that's especially now again, back to using video inside of your sales messages. If you can show video of your software loading pages three times faster than the leading software or your knife slicing through the tomato after a tin can or your vacuum picking up all of these things really put that distrust at ease.
1: Yeah, from an old master's point of view, uh, what you bring up is interesting. Pedell didn't say anything about demonstration in this chapter, but Claude Hopkins said demonstration is the most effective way to sell. So fits right in the slot. Okay, fifth key, guarantee if you can. Remember that for our purposes today, what you want to do is develop rock solid conviction in in your prospects. And I point this out because with guarantees, people often talk about including a bold guarantee in your copy to increase conversions. And no doubt that works. In fact, for a lot of products, you can pretty much forgetting about making any sales if you don't include a guarantee. Mm -hmm. But in today's show, we're keeping the focus on conviction and believability. And while a guarantee almost always increases sales dramatically, That's not why Bidell included it in his list of seven keys to believability. I mean, really, it's just common sense. If I'm selling you something and I believe in it enough to guarantee it, that should ease your mind and maybe, just maybe, increase your belief in it, too. The reason Bidell included guarantees in this set of keys was simply the convincing power of a guarantee. As he says, No matter what you are selling, if you can guarantee satisfaction, you have a strong builder of conviction. Nathan, do you have any thoughts about this other way of looking at guarantees? Yeah,
0: for me, it's about confidence. I'm searching for a solution because I'm not confident I can solve it myself. And so if I come across your solution and you show me that you are confident, you're so confident that you'll put the risk on your shoulders and take it off of mine, That goes a long way for making me feel confident as well. But if you don't show me that you're that confident in your solution, then I'm going to have in the back of my mind this nagging question of, is this person really confident? It doesn't seem like it. And if they're not confident, why should I be confident?
1: That's a great way to put it. And I mean, ultimately, you know, you talk about selling as the transferring of emotion. Besides desire, I mean, confidence is the one emotion that probably is on top of the heat. all right six key make your offer vitally valid and be congruous those words are a little strange but what he says about this key makes very easy to understand sense when Bidell talks about an offer make your offer vitally valid he's not talking about everything that makes up the offer he's only talking about two tremendously important parts of it an attractive price and a crisp yet thorough explanation for why the product is being offered for such a good price. Doing the explanation well is an art in itself, but even doing an okay job with this is much better than not doing it at all. Look at it this way. If you don't give your prospects a solid and plausible reason for a good price, they'll get suspicious. They might think you're selling stolen merchandise or defective goods. All you need to tell them or come up with is a good reason for reduced price. Once they're satisfied with your explanation, their level of conviction will increase. As Bedell puts it, and this is worth writing down, make sure the price doesn't sound too unbelievably little for what's offered.
0: Yeah, again, I'm going back to commercials of my childhood And the furniture warehouse commercials of the boss is out of town for the weekend. So we're having a giant blowout sale or we ordered too much stock and we can't afford to pay for the renting of the storage. So we're having a huge blowout sale. There was always these huge blowout sales. And... They The good marketers always included a believable reason as to why it wasn't – and I think the thing about it is if they didn't include a good reason, my imagination would start running. My imagination would – did it fall off of the back of a truck and that's how they're – is it a knockoff – cheap Chinese version of it, if you don't tell me the reason, my imagination is going to jump to the worst possible conclusion. But if you give me a good reason for why, it eliminates that from happening altogether.
1: Yeah, great point. I've had similar dark thoughts when people don't give a good reason. All right. Seventh key, convey the value definitely positively. And this key, Bedell admits, seems to contradict the sixth key, which is to justify a special lower price in your copy. What's important here, regardless of any discount or sale price you're offering, is you still need to make a confident case that what you're offering overall, as an addition to the price, is solid with value and quality through and through. As Bedell says, obviously, if too much to believe prohibits conviction, then anemic presentation likewise prohibits belief in major premises. Hmm. It sounds like all the other professors at Northwestern have gotten to him. But I think what he is trying to get across is say it loud and say it proud. Now, don't go too far over the top, but to create conviction in your prospect, that leads to the belief that they need to. Now, don't go too far over the top but to create conviction in your prospect that leads to the belief they need to feel comfortable to hit the buy button, make the best case you can that what you're offering is a tremendous value. Give your prospect every reason to believe that what you are offering is a good and valuable thing to buy. Any thoughts before we recap?
0: Yeah, this one just goes back to the confidence thing again. Uh, Using weasel words or losing enthusiasm, anything that conveys that you're not confident is going to make me worry that I can't be confident. But if you're expressing confidence, if you're expressing enthusiasm throughout, it's going to evoke those emotions in me as well.
1: Yeah. In other words, I mean, the the sort of the corollary of that is you better be sold on what you're selling before you start to write the copy or it's going to come across as wishy-washy. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so let's recap these seven keys to believability from Clyde Bedell. Number one, present the main idea three times. Number two, tell of the product's popularity, who uses it and likes it. Number three, zero in with bona fide testimonials and authorities' approval. Number four, give assurances and proof, build confidence. Number five, guarantee if you can. Number six, make your offer vitally valid. Be congruous. And number seven, convey the value definitively, positively. Or all seven, as Nathan would say, confidence.
0: What was the name of this book again, David?
1: Yeah, it's called How to Write Advertising That Sells and Good Luck Finding a Copy.
0: Okay. Well, thank you for taking the book and refining it down to these 7 points for us. I really appreciate it. and I I just love these Old Masters series episodes because they take timeless true information. They show how little has changed even though so much has changed over the last 100 or so years.
1: Yeah, and you know, I'm I'm not going to make any promises, but I'm I'm going to make an almost commitment I'm gonna go through this and see if, if we can pull some more out of it because I'm trying to see how many chapters there are right now. There's a lot of you know, it's almost six hundred pages and they're they're big pages. It's also big type, so it's great for, you know, senior readers in case you know any. <laughs>
0: nice all right man and if you the listener enjoyed this episode and you want to check out more specifically of the old masters series head on over to copywriterspodcast.com and get your fill there and until next time david we will catch you later
1: that's good catch you later thanks before we go a quick question Would you like to have me as a guest on your podcast? Let me give you an easy way to contact me about that. We've put up a form on Garfinkelmedia.com, and it won't take much more than a minute to fill it out. So if you'd like to have me on your show, just go to Garfinkelmedia.com and fill out the form. That's Garfinkelmedia.com. Thanks, and see you next time on the Copywriter's Podcast. This is the Copy and Funnels Podcast Network.